This is Eddie Buckler, aka Sketchy Eddie, and this is Sketchy Eddie's Broadside Horror Stories. <laughs> So, before I get to the horror and the broadside story, I gotta give you a little backstory. I was about 22 years old, and I was at a rock bottom. Up until that point, all year, I had been killing it. I was living in the Noops, Newport Beach, at a killer beach pad with a bunch of homies. We were waking and baking, hitting the bong 24-7. The future looked all green every day, but slowly, things started to change. The roomies began fighting with one another, accusing each other of stealing each other's nugs. I have to admit, I was just as guilty of it as the next guy. I began keeping a meticulous inventory of my herb, and it all came to a halt when I confronted my roommates head-on about a clear discrepancy. Fat nugs had gone missing. The house meeting erupted into a yelling match, which quickly turned into a full-on fist fight. We left with not only our egos bruised, and I was asked to leave that house after a unanimous democratic vote. I was a young guy that didn't have anywhere to go, and so I ended up in Victorville with my aunt and her square-ass family. I didn't have any money, I didn't have a job, and at that time it was way harder to find weed. It was just a straight up bummer low point in my life. You know, this was kind of around the time Craigslist came out, so I'd pick up odd jobs, I'd babysit for my aunt, but she was so uptight. They weren't cool with me smoking around the house, so I had to be super coy about it. I was lonely, I felt like an outcast, I was bored out of my mind. You know, your mind, it'll take you to a dark place in those kind of moments. I just remember I was rationing down my weed stash. Things were really dry in the high desert back then. I must have got down to one day's worth of weed left. Some bunk ass stuff too. I was stressing, I mean, I just stress out if I don't have weed. I don't want to go a day without it. I used to just go for drives around town. There wasn't much to see. So frustrated, I got in the car early that evening, went for a ride. After a couple miles, I passed this lot that had been empty before. And lo and behold, there was a carnival that had just like popped up. I could have sworn it hadn't been there a day ago. I knew I had to be able to find weed there. So I parked, I strolled up. It's only like five bucks to get in, but it was mad empty. You know, I figured the carnies would probably have a stash, but they were all kind of old looking and super standoffish. You know, barely anybody was walking around. It was kind of creepy. Half the rides didn't even seem like they were working or operating. I tried to chat with some of the locals, talk to some babes, but hardly anybody was there. No one was smiling either, like horrible customer service. I saw this dude running one of the games that had a Pink Floyd t-shirt on, so I figured this guy's gotta blaze. When I tried to talk to him, he's just super weird. You know, I noticed him and most of the workers had this weird gray streak in their hair. Like they didn't, you know, they didn't look super old, but not super young. I was just direct. I just straight up asked him like, yo, dude, you know where I can get some herbage, man? He kind of paused. His response was really coy. He told me, in an hour, drive up Apple Orchard Road, five miles. You will find what you need there. (laughs) 
I was kind of thrown off. I was like, yo, man, you're talking to me in some kind of parable or something, dude. Are you saying I could score some nuggage there? Or am I going to end up in some luggage there? You know what I mean? But he wouldn't give me a straight answer. He just kept saying, drive five miles up Apple Orchard Road. So I'm just like, okay, dude, whatever. Maybe that's how they do it in this town, <laughs> you know. But at least I had a lead. I was kind of creeped out, but I figured I'd hang around for a little bit and then whatever, I make my way up that road. What's the worst thing that could happen? I hung out for a while. A few more people started showing up. Went over to the snack bar to try to get some cotton candy. I started flirting with this Mexican babe, total heina. I was working grade A game that night. I was cracking jokes, making her laugh. She seemed super bored, not a lot to do in that town. I asked her if she burned and she said, fuck yeah. So I told her the whole thing about Apple Orchard Road and she said, oh yeah, she'd heard it was legit. <laughs> so I sealed the deal. I said, hey, straight up, let's cruise. <laughs> we rode a couple rides, but I mean, they were super whack. We we're just trying to kill time because the guy had said something about meeting him or whoever over up Apple Orchard Road in an hour. This chick was down to smoke and also down to poke. So I said, let's just roll up there, post up and wait for the guy. We began driving up Apple Orchard Road and after a few miles, there weren't stoplights anymore. It was just kind of a narrow two lane road. Honestly, it was getting kind of creepy. I was checking my odometer. I didn't know where to go either. I mean, I didn't know if there was gonna be some kind of smoke shop. It was approaching five miles. It was weird, we were just surrounded by empty fields. In the back of my mind, I started wondering, was this dude some kind of cop? Was I being set up? I got super paranoid. Then, suddenly, about 50 yards in the distance, I saw a group of people standing around. They were standing so still, kind of in some weird kind of formation, like they had been playing some kind of sport or something. I mean, I was getting pretty close to them and they were sort of walking towards me. I mean, I was like, it's just, just some crew that's selling nugs in the middle of a desolate dark field at night in the middle of nowhere. Is this legit? And strange thing, I noticed each of the people had a similar gray streak in their hair. The girl was telling me she was sketched out. Honestly, I was sketched out. She told me, this is shady, let's just turn around. I mean, there were no other cars on the road, so I just stopped, looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw we were surrounded. <laughs> these, these dudes, I mean, I couldn't even tell if they were dudes or not, you know, like not to get gender specific. They were just everywhere, they were surrounding us. It had to be at least like 15 of them. And you know, I mean, I got in a fight with for my roommates and nearly beat all their asses. But I can't take on 15 dudes in a field in the dark in the middle of nowhere. They were walking towards us. <laughs> it was just so creepy. They all had those gray weird streaks in their hair. The girls started screaming. I'm not gonna lie. I started screaming too like a total bitch. I didn't know what to do man. I, <laughs> I just ducked my head down for a second. And suddenly everything went quiet. Even the crickets. I slowly looked up and I 
couldn't explain it. Those people walking towards us had disappeared. It was mad creepy, dude. I nearly peed my pants, bro. We just hightailed it out of there, man. I was speeding so fast, probably going 100. Man, biggest adrenaline rush of my life. I was just trying to get out of there. I hit those five miles in like three minutes. I just straight blew through a stop sign, and right away I heard the whoop whoop friggin' cop pulls me over. This guy was fairly chill. You know, he asked, why were you speeding? And I told him the whole story, honestly. Well, apart from the part about trying to score nugs. I told him we got to this part about five miles down the road, and we saw this group of people that just surrounded us. The cop told me, Huh, that's funny. You know, there was a massacre down that road decades ago. <sighs> Man. Chills went down my spine, dude. I was like, oh shit, we probably just saw some straight up ghosts, dude. I wasn't even bummed about getting the ticket, I just took it. When he handed it to me though, I noticed that the cop also had this gray streak in his hair. Man, I was like, what is up with this town? This place is sketchy, dude. And I can usually tolerate a high level of sketch. Man, it crushed the mood with that girl. She just wanted me to take her home. You know, I was hoping to maybe get some dome before I dropped her off. But she was freaked out. I was like, whatever. She's never calling me back. I went home to my aunt's house, got my last little bit of stash, and I just smoked the rest of it and passed the fuck out. I woke up late the next day. My aunt was giving me a hard time about that. Had some food, <sighs> chilled out. It was still so tense from the night before. I started getting kind of paranoid. I was like, man, were those ghosts? I just didn't know what was up with those people that surrounded us. Like, were they spirits? And, and why does everybody in this town have the gray streak in their hair? Like, like are they all immortal vampires? Or just a bunch of emo kids? <laughs> kind of the same thing, I guess. Was that dude at the carnival setting me up to, like, get jumped into some gang or some shit? You know, I hear some gangs can be gnarly. Like, they'll try to jump you in or hump you in. I've even heard some gangs will dump you in. Like the whole gang will take turns just taking a shit on you. It happened to my boy Rebolo. Poor guy. The more I thought about it, I wanted to get an answer. So I hopped in my car and I drove to the carnival. I figured maybe I could talk to that dude and see what the deal was. But when I got to the lot where the carnival had been, it was completely empty. <laughs> You're listening to the Fuck Yeah Nation Network. Welcome to Robert Land. That's right, your favorite not safe for work comedy theme park podcast. And I'm your host, Robert Thompson, comedian, musician, theme park enthusiast, la la boo. What is up, everybody? How y'all doing? Man, this is a very special Halloween 
Robtober kickoff spectacular. It's also my birthday, and I can cry if I want to. <laughs> no, guys, there will be no crying here today. There'll be a lot of fun, though. Let me fucking tell you guys. There'll be a lot of profanity as well, so cover your ear holes, guys. Uh, this one is fun. <laughs> we are joined by a very old friend of mine, a very talented impressionist comedian, uh, Josh Robert Thompson, my brother from another mother and father. You may have heard him on some earlier episodes of the show, uh, as well as Family Guy, Stern Show, Craig Ferguson Show, etc. Very lovely guy, and we go, you know, into our history and public access. More into that. Uh, we talk about some horror films. Uh, Josh uh, is a big fan of Jaws 3D, which is one I really wanted to talk about because it's all about uh, Jaws in SeaWorld. It was filmed in SeaWorld, so we definitely got to talk about that, and uh, we had a ball. So you've got that coming up. We also have some very spooktacular guests on this one. Um, We have Mr. Keith Carey. Me and him do some theme park trivia. Uh, Great comic, friend of the show. Uh, We get into uh, some you know, Horror Nights trivia, and uh, I quiz his ass, so you guys stay tuned, because there's a lot of fun coming up, uh, and before we get to all of this birthday Robtober epic special, uh, I think we should start the show with uh, something even specialer, uh, a message from legend Gilbert Gottfried. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is for Robert Thompson. And Robert, congratulations on your podcast. 41 episodes, count them, 41. Your podcast, Robert Land. Robert Land, 41 episodes, and and, uh, many, many more to come. And, uh, as requested, you ask for Halloween jokes, so, uh, uh, why did the monster go to the amusement park to ride the roller coaster? Uh, what do, uh, what do monsters wear when it's raining? Ghoul lashes. Uh, uh, why did Dracula come to New York? He wanted to visit the Vampire State Building. Ah, uh, where do ghosts vacation? Malibu. And, uh, and, uh, why didn't the ghost have any children? Because he has a Halloweenie. Anyway, congratulations, Robert. Boy, Gilbert sure is my hero. Man, boy, guys, you're in it. We're here. Rob Tober's kicking off. Um, not only do we have a theme park trivia with Keith Carey coming up, we've got your favorite, my favorite segment, all of our favorite segment, Theme Park Memories, where you guys are legions and army of listeners. Uh, send your favorite theme park memories, and we play them on the show. So we're going to go to that right now. Your theme park memories. Theme park memories. It was the summer of 1987. The summer that young Josh Robert Thompson, his balls not yet dropped, 
would see his first pair of boobies. It all happened at the Ohio water park called Dover Lake. Long since dormant, Dover Lake was the hot spot for water activities, and no attraction was more famous than the wave pool. A giant petri dish pool filled with piss and shit and hormones, a man-made wave so fantastically grandiose it would knock every man, woman, child, and dog flat on their ass. Young Josh Robert Thompson lay in the pool, clinging to a raft, waiting for the giant wave to arrive. And then it happened. A towering mass of blue, shit-colored water began to rise and build and suddenly crash down on everybody in the pool. When Josh came up from the water, he noticed about him several bikini tops floating nearby. Yes, the giant wave had knocked the tops of most of the girls' bikinis off, exposing their breasts to the hot, baking Ohio sun. It was a glorious day, and young Josh Robert Thompson would return to that pool many times that summer. Theme Park Memories One time I was at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios in Florida, and I thought that I saw, um, was it Ron Weasley or Ed Sheeran? One of the two. They look like, they kind of look like each other. They're both ginger. I think he plays guitar, or maybe he's Harry Potter's friend. I saw one of them, but, uh, yeah, I think I'd make a great employee here at Domino's Pizza. Theme Park Memories. Oh, hi. Um, so, as you, most of you already know, if you read my blog and you see most of my social media uh, posts, I have been a victim um, for most of my life. And if you haven't been a victim, then you, you have no room to have an opinion on this situation. But for me, I... 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 I I blame others for all of my problems, and one of the others that I blame um, is a fellow named Josh Robert Thompson. Uh, so, I was at the dark maze um, a few years ago because my therapist said that I should try some exposure uh, therapy, meaning that uh, some of the things that I complain about and that I am afraid of, instead of complaining about them and saying that, that I'm scared of them and I never want to overcome them, that I should expose myself a little bit to them. Um, in order to uh, maybe perhaps strengthen myself, which I think is a very um, disgusting thing to tell uh, one of your clients if you're a therapist because we're coming to you for therapy. We, we need to complain, and we also don't want necessarily want to get better. But yet they tell you you should go try these things. Well, he, he is no longer my therapist. And but I digress. Let me get back to the story. So I, I went to the dark maze because I am scared of, 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 of the dark. And... Not, not, there's anything wrong with the dark. I just, I wish there was no such thing as dark because it's very frightening to me. And while I was in the dark maze, I, I heard, uh, I thought, what I thought was Jeff Goldblum, the actor. Now, as you know, uh, he's, he's one of my favorite actors. And I, what I love about him is that he uh, has a very sharp nose and, and he's, um, He's very, he's very much a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful actor, and, and he was in Jurassic Park, which, although is quite a speciesist movies against dinosaurs, which I think is uh, disgusting to be speciesist, but 
I still, I still very much appreciate him, as well as the movie The Fly. Um, again, another movie that I feel like was very species against flies, but I digress. Um, so I thought I heard Jeffrey Goldblum, and I was very excited, so I went over to get his autograph. And when I turned around the, the corner, uh, what I presume was the corner, because it was very dark, I couldn't see. Um, uh, in fact, it wasn't Jeffrey Goldblum at all. It was this actor, uh, Joshua Robert Thompson. Uh, you might know him from Family Guy, and if you're a fan of his, you might have seen the Josh Robert Thompson show. He's the official Bank Arnold. He's also the official Morgan Freeman. Uh, but in my head, he's, he's officially uh, a fascist, because what he did was he tricked me just like something Hitler would do. He tricked me into thinking that Jeffrey Goldblum was around the corner. And then when I get around the corner, I find out it's just Josh Robert Thompson. You're, you're not Jeffrey Goldblum. This is an impersonation. This isn't right. If you are not born Jeffrey Goldblum, then how could you act like Jeffrey Goldblum? And what if someone needed Jeffrey Goldblum at the time and went to go find Jeffrey Goldblum? And then they were disappointed to find out that you weren't Jeffrey Goldblum. You can't get me onto the Jurassic Park ride. You can't do that. You can't be a, a, a Chef Goldblum in, in Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. But you did that to me. He tricked me. Well, I thought, okay, fine. I will complain to the staff here. I will write a letter. I will write a, a Yelp review. And I will try to get people to cancel him. Hashtag. So I went on with my day. I took a big gulp. And I said, okay, I'm going to get through this. This challenge is accepted and I'll get through it. But then I continued on the maze, and what I thought I heard, one of I should have been scared. Because there's a straight white male that is very famous, very strong, and probably guilty of everything that is wrong in this world. And his name is George Lucas. And I thought I heard George Lucas, and I was... I thought we're saved, because George Lucas, he doesn't make scary movies, he makes movies about the stars, and wars in the stars, and how the wars should end. So I thought, if I find George Lucas, we'll all be safe. Because I'm in this maze and I am freaking out. Well, who do you think it was when I got around the next corner and I thought I would be saved by George Lucas? Who do you think it was? Was it Jeff Goldblum? Close. No, it was Joshua Robert Thompson. So I will see you in court for scaring me and putting me back into more therapy. Well, I was still in therapy, but now you put me into extra therapy on top of the therapy. So I'm, again... Just absolutely disgusted and appalled. Good day to you, sir. And, oh, and, and by the way, uh, if you're listening to this, happy Halloween. Um, I won't be trick-or-treating this year, though, because I don't want to spread the COVID. But I will be in my house, and I, I won't be watching scary movies. Uh, but uh, I do have a, um old T-shirt that was um, purchased at a thrift store with Elvira on it. So, happy Halloween, Josh Robert Thompson. I'll see you in court. Theme Park Memories. Boy, those theme park memories gonna make me cry, they will. Man, I sure love those theme park memories, and I sure love Keith Carey. He is a funny-ass dude, you know, from the very popular show, uh, Mean Boys, fun podcast, uh, you know, that is gone now, but uh, Keith is still kicking. You know, him and Connor went on to write for lights out with david spade you may have seen keith on comedy central's roast battle 
Um, always doing killer stuff. He and Tom Goss of former Mean Boys fame have a podcast called This Is Not A Show, which is great. They also have uh, Serious Hockey Talk, which is fucking hilarious, especially if you're a hockey fan. So you got to check that out. When me and Keith did, we talked about a ton of stuff. And uh, I'm going to split it up and have uh, have some more of our talk uh, about Halloween and mazes and all that in, some, uh, in another episode during Robtober. But uh, right now, because we got a lot to get to, uh, I thought I would play uh, you my trivia on Keith, where I quiz him uh, on Halloween Horror Nights and Not Scary Farm. So here's some uh, here's a theme park quiz uh, with me and Keith Carey. I think uh, right now I'd like to quiz quiz you on some of these uh, horror horror maze thingamajiggies. Um, all right. So, who of these have not been hosts of Not Scary Farm? A. Elvira. B. Weird Al. C. Wolfman Jack. Or D. John Wayne Bobbitt. Oh shit! Because uh, I know two of those have. I know, I know Elvira and uh, Wolfman Jack have done it. Because Wolfman Jack was like in the early era. Uh, and then Elvira has done it a few times. I, I saw Elvira do like uh, the live show there a few years back. She was great. Yeah, that show was awesome. Um, uh, I, what was the first one again? <laughs> so was Weird Al and John Wayne Bobbitt. Yeah, yeah Weird Al. It's got... It, the thing is, like, I don't even know why I'm entertaining John Wayne Bobbitt, but that, like, the 90s were terrible, so that actually makes... I think it's going to be John Wayne Bobbitt is the fake one. Okay, well, you are correct, sir. Uh, yeah, correct. so there was no castration of uh, John Wayne Bobbitt spectacular, um, <laughs> which I could totally... I could to- can't you totally see a yes. commercial in the 90s where you're looking at a camera and goes, like, not scary farm, you'll lose your head. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. They'd have like uh, tarps. Like maybe they just like cut his dick off again <laughs> every day. Yeah, buy your tickets early so you don't get shafted. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but weird. I guess Weird Al was a uh, 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 host of the show. He did the whatever the main room, whatever that like Charles Schultz theater was called then. But yeah, Weird Al was. I think followed. Wolfman Jack and whoever that DJ was that did it originally, I forget his name. I don't know, Evil uh, John Yankovic McGillicuddy. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> um, okay. So uh, this is the next question here. Let's see if we can we can get you. So you got one right now. All right, uh, which extinct Knott's Berry Farm attraction was once home to mazes such as? Curse of the Werewolf, Dead Man's Wharf, and Tox- Toxichem. Uh, okay. And this is... Oh, shit. This isn't multiple choice. This is just off the top of your dome. If you could think of... Oh, is it? Is it the bumper cars? Or is it uh, Kingdom of the Dinosaurs? I feel like it's one of those. Oh, man. It, it is not, but it is the, haunt, uh-huh. the Haunted Shack. Um yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind of OG now because it's been it's been torn down for twenty years. Uh, right. But yeah, but I, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's that's where they've had home uh, for those mazes. Um, gotcha. Because I know they did mazes in the bumper cars for a while. Yeah, they and did. They gone, so. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Cause I know they did. They did a weird uh, Day of the Dead one in there that I remember being pretty cool. Yeah, dude. My my favorite is the uh, 
not scary farm the the Snoopy one. I don't think they have anymore, but the zombie maze, like the shoot them up, the, where you shoot the zombies. I thought yes. that was, dude. Last year was the last year of that. That thing fucking ripped. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, dude. Not scary farm is kind of like Taco Bell. Like when there's anything you like there, it's gone. Like <laughs> when you when you fall in love with it. Like I don't know. I can yeah. still taste the volcano taco. You know, I I loved dude, the volcano taco was great. It should have been a permanent fixture to the Taco Bell. Menu. Yeah, I don't know, man. Taco Bell it's better like, than the Doritos tacos. Yeah, is is uh, is uh, fucking what, what's Game of Thrones dork? Is he writing those? Uh, what's his name? Fucking Tolkien. <laughs> what, R. R. Yeah, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah, I think he's writing Taco <laughs> the Bell's volcano wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which sadly, everyone we love has been Baja blasted. <laughs> no, I could I could see that definitely happening. I I love. I love that everyone like holds the uh, Game of Thrones dude, uh, fucking George R. R. Martin, in such high regard. And I think you know it's great. I do. I did enjoy Game of Thrones, and they're always like, "Man, once they stop doing the original material, like that's when it really tanked. That's when the series tanked." But to me, it's like, dude, well, the guy hasn't fucking finished writing it. Like this guy's lazy. Right. Like I don't know what's going on with George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, well, I know exactly what's going on. He's rich now. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't give a shit, and that's fine. <laughs> you're allowed to. You're allowed to be lazy. He's rich. That's what we're all working towards. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I just love though his explanation for stuff because I. I think he's like a brilliant writer. But I love when you hear him speak because he's like from like uh. New York. So he and he sounds like you know a dude from just. From like Long Island, you know, like like a just a, yeah. a dude to be like a Met game, like shit talking kids, you know, because they'll be like, so what was the inspiration between, between you know, uh, behind the Red Witch? And he'll be like, well, you know, she's she's a broad that wears red and she she does wicked stuff. <laughs> it's just like yeah, she got like a fucking big sword, dude, and she fucking cuts people up. It's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw a lady on the L train. I don't know what the, the L train Chicago. I don't know my fucking. There's an L train in New York. Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is. not enough for me to finish that riff, uh, but I, uh, George R. R. Martin, he's the best. May, may he rest in peace. Now, um, so this is <laughs> this is the last of these uh, of the quiz here. What film has not yeah. been adapted to Universal Horror Nights? What movie has uh, not e, been adapted? He is Halloween Adventure. <laughs> okay. Not yet, sir. It is. A. Jordan Peele's Us. B. Resident Evil Escape from Raccoon City. C. The Pest with John Leguizamo, where you're forced to watch The All Pest. Right, well. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, how do you. Dude, you don't know, man. They had The Pest Maze in Universal Singapore. It was a smash hit. <laughs> I know. What's funny is for a second I was like, oh, this is going to be an actual trivia question. And I'm like, ah, fuck, there it is. <laughs> This is Theme Park Minute with Zach Hillman. Anyone who... Man, that's what possession feels like. Wow. On with the minute. At Mount Fiji in Japan, lie a theme park inspired by the 18th century story Gulliver's Travels. The park is famous for featuring a 147-foot statue of Lemuel Gulliver tied down to the ground. The park shut down in 2001 due to poor ticket sales. People say it's because of the proximity of Japan's suicide forest. Despite being demolished in 2007, the grounds still contain remnants and structures from the park, 
So this serves as a warning for any trespassing teens looking for a place to bone. You may have a 147-foot Boyer Gulliver jerking his thing. Bet you didn't know that, did you? Well, here I am with me and Josh Robert Thompson. All right, what's up, Josh? What's up? What's up? Right here on uh, where? Where are we at? What platform is this? This is, we're recording this through the very savvy StreamYard. StreamYard. Uh, What's up, StreamYard? What's going on? <laughs> no, I'm sad, Noah, and you don't have the Manolo with us today. Unfortunately not. The party is, is not here. But Well, uh, I, I will tell you, one of the things that I like when I do interviews or if I'm just performing, I love when there's like six or seven really attractive women yelling over me. Yeah, for the entire it's it actually makes the material better. <laughs> what do you think? Man, I think Manolo is uh, probably waking up right now with like five or six women, just a yeah. heap of nakedness, or or he's in prison. I don't know. He's yeah, a good guy, the Manolo. Yeah, he's a yeah, nice guy. He actually DM me. He was a very nice guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He's. Uh, what's great is he he has no humility. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> If the joke is completely, you know, on him, he's a great sport. Yeah. So yeah. Whereas I'm totally different. If if the joke is on me, I'll spend weeks. Uh, well, I used to spend weeks fighting with uh, strangers online just to <laughs> make sure they came around to my way. Is it your birthday now? When is your birthday? So so when when this airs, it'll be my birthday. Happy! So, wow! Uh, happy birthday thank now! Thank you, sir. Thank you. How old are you now? Uh, thirty-four. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So we've mentioned this before. Last time we talked about it, but I don't think you could hear any of us because there were a lot of drunken uh, women yelling. But um, yes. so we how, how old were you when I met you? 15? 14? Uh, no, I was because uh, I started doing the show at, at, at 12. I like snuck into the theater. When wow. I met you, I think I was in high school when I finally like met and we had you on the show. Well, you did. But you did a PSA when you did your first PSA. I was 12. So, so we did public access TV together in Chino and there yeah. were classes. You had to take like classes. You showed yeah. up like twice and this guy, Preston, he'd be like, okay, guys, you're going to learn how to folk do rack focus. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing, but you had to make a 30 second, uh, public service announcement advertising the public access studio. Yeah. And yours was, and I think I, I think I have yours. So crazy. Yours was you just being like, "Hey, I'm Robert Thompson." You were in like a Hawaiian shirt or something. Yeah, so not a lot yeah. has changed. No, no, no. It's basically the same uh, material and persona. You know, you're just I, taller. I, yeah, yeah, just, taller. Just, yeah, but it was that was a great time, man. Those 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 public access days. So when but, you did that, when you did that one, you were how old? Twelve. I was twelve. Yeah. Wow, man. So yeah. I've known you since you were 12. That's crazy. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it's a crazy time that uh, it's been that long because I, I think about uh, when we went, it was so funny because I was so young that I thought when they had uh, they, they connected me to Preston, like when I had called because I saw the commercial. Right. Like, oh, wow, my own TV show. And at the time, I was already starting to film stuff with like, all right, we'd just gotten a video camera. So it was a big deal. Yeah. You make these sketches. And, uh, you know, sometimes with action figures or, you know, Adam Dietrich or whoever <laughs> was around, yeah. my buddies. So I, I got uh, 
saw the commercial. I'm like, oh man, this is like my dream. I call uh, uh, Century Communications Cable at the time. And right. the woman was like, well, let me get you hooked up with Preston at Public Access. But I misheard. I thought she said the president. The of president. Public Access. And I was so like <laughs> taken back. I'm like, whoa, really? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This but, guy, the president of all Public Access TV. <laughs> yeah. Hello, yeah. Robert. This is the president. <laughs> Yeah, I remember him hearing me, and he was like, uh, yeah, maybe come back, like, in March. Like, you just, you know, you sound like yeah. a little kid, you know? Hey, and, um, um, yeah, maybe you're not ready for this yet, but um, <laughs> Preston Preston was a cool dude. He was kind of a, a former, uh, he was a, I don't know if he played football in college, but I know he was a high school football guy. So he's a pretty big, beefy dude, yeah. but he kind of had, like, this surfer kind of accent like what's up guys <laughs> he was real one of the most easygoing people ever yeah except for the one time i was shooting uh an episode of my late night horror show which we'll talk about schlock yeah. theater and i had an episode where uh my co-host at the time jimmy went back in time to some prehistoric world and had all these cave people standing there and one of the cave people was my then girlfriend's brother and he just kept he just kept swearing in between takes and, and it, he was like so loud down the hallway and preston said hey man shut your mouth that's the only time i ever saw preston get worked up you better shut your mouth man <laughs> it's funny because so. i i feel like in in, in uh eagle rock public access which we you know you had you did a show there as well yeah. you could say and do pretty it felt like you had carte blanche to do oh and say whatever Listen, you we wanted. were that that eagle rock was in the middle of the afternoon like 1 p.m on a weekend i was doing apostle bg and just like drop an f-bomb there's an article i gotta send it to you there's an article that the la times wrote about me and that guy adam papigan we, we and it was like an article on, it was called public access public hate wow and it was basically the guy wanted to interview me about my cooking or my dining with de niro show which was a show where you know i sat and did de niro and just took phone calls and then my and then sitting with me was the late great raymond chavez i don't know when this is airing but this is the fourth four-year anniversary of Raymond's uh, passing. Oh, man. Raymond was, Raymond was the greatest, man. And, yeah. But, but, but this guy, but he was trying to, I thought he was writing an article to, like, celebrate my work and then, like, totally got hosed. It was, like, he was saying that I was getting people riled up and making them say racist things. I was like, no, man, that, these people were, no. it's always been like this. Yes. Before, this is before social media. <laughs> yeah, I know. This, it's so funny. It's funny because I, I did a podcast recently, um, you know, with a friend who's a comic who's younger, and, and it was kind of mind blowing for him to think about us doing this prior to YouTube. And it's yeah. like, that's what it was. I mean, that's you would like, it's crazy to think that we had access to television studios. You know, it was and, better. I mean, it was still, yes. I, you know, it was more professional in a lot of ways because we had, we had to go to an actual studio. And I mean, the equipment we were using by that point was, uh, you know, it had all been made like in the eighties. Yeah. But that wasn't, I mean, it, you know, we, we started using that stuff maybe 15 years after it had been, I mean, I started in 96, 97. 
Okay. Vol- volunteering. This is when Chris Little was there. Chris Little from KFI. Chris Little is like now the new the head of the news department at KFI AM six forty, which is a big wow, AM station. That's crazy. But Who's Chris Little was was the public access coordinator before Preston. And I used to volunteer and do shows over there. There was a dumb show called uh, Elementary Meeting of the Minds. Do you remember that show? <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Yeah. It was like stupid little like it was like second and third graders sitting there trying yeah. to host a show. And then the teachers would be on either side being like, start talking. God damn it. You know, come on, Billy. And they'd be like, look. And I was like camera number one. And I thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. So anyway, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, so here we are now uh, doing a show on StreamYard, which by the way, not that far off from uh, public access. <laughs> I think public access might might be steps ahead of StreamYard, actually. Yeah, no, it is. I I think you're right. <laughs> but I dude, right. I so this is kind of uh, funny because I forgot and I glossed over this the, the first time you're on the show and uh, your involvement with rides. You've you've done voices on some rides. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even mention that, which yeah, is so never strange. But you, oh, is that what this show is? I forgot. This is Robert Land, yeah. Robert Land, right? Uh, okay, you know, we cover all bases here. But, I got it. Uh, I got it. So, so th- you know, speaking of theme park rides, you uh, was the first like gig you did do, working, you know, doing voices for theme park rides. Was uh, was that the uh, the Toy Story Mania ride? I think the first, I think the first one was um, uh, Heimlich the Caterpillar from yeah. A Bug's Life. They had this, I don't know if they have it anymore, but they used to have a giant candy corn uh, entranceway to the Halloween part of the park or whatever. And yeah. And Heimlich would would pop up from this candy corn and, you know, say, hello there, oh, it's me, Heimlich, how are you? And I got that gig because the, the guy who voiced Heimlich had unfortunately passed away um, and they were looking for someone that could you know, match the voice. And he was Joe, Joe Ramp, R-A-N-F-T, Joe Ramp. Um, so that was cool. So I did that. And then I think I did the Heimlich in one of the parades. Just to be clear, I wasn't in the costume. I know a lot yeah. of my fans, my wonderful fans out there are like, <laughs> so you work at, no, man, no. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But no, I wasn't in the costume. Um, yeah, so. So that, so that was, and then yeah, Toy Story Mania. Um, I did a bunch of the Green Army Men. Yeah, the soldiers. So it's like you get out of here, you don't you shoot at me, you little sack of shit. I don't think they said <laughs> things like that, but I was never even. I never even went on that ride. So I don't even know if it's still there anymore. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's still very popular. It's really. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that like the one the- where you go in and you you shoot like a squirt gun at things? Yeah, you have like a a, a, a like tether a little ball that you pull and you shoot yeah it's okay yeah, kind of like uh the buzz light your ride or uh right yeah, yeah yeah but they it's a very popular i mean that there's always a line for that ride and, that was uh, my legacy i remember once going years ago going with a girlfriend to disneyland and they had the parade happening and the heimlich thing was walking by and i was like that's me and everybody's <laughs> like <laughs> which which I didn't which I didn't realize would later become the theme of my entire career was just me going no no that's me and people going okay all right no no I swear oh. to God 
<laughs> I just what? did a movie. I just did a movie called The Binge, which is on Hulu, which is like a, a parody of the Purge movies. Vince Vaughn that. is in it. Anyway, I, I narrate it as Morgan Freeman. Yeah, but I'm not in the credits, so I spent all, all like the last two weeks being like, guys, I swear to God, I'm doing the voice. Okay, all right. So you know, <laughs> well. As long as the I, check's clear, I don't care. Yeah, yeah I mean, that you know what? Uh, that kind of reminds me of when uh, people do voiceovers and you don't, they're not credited or there's like some, obviously like they want to have some uh, like suspense of re like, oh, this is Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, but uh, the, the classic movie with Paul Rubens, the uh, Flight of the Navigator, I don't right. think he's credited in that movie. Oh, that's right. You're right. Is and he the so voice I'm, of the? Is he the computer voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow, I know that for forever. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I think that sounded like Pee Wee. That should have been Pee Wee. And I know, think it's. I think with the Morgan Freeman, I think it's more of kind of uh, unfortunate. Weirdly, I think it's where we're at right now. I and crazy, crazy enough, I've been replaced or recast. Um, I won't say on which projects, but on two pretty big projects as Morgan Freeman because. You know, <laughs> which is weird because like Morgan Freeman, uh, he know, he knows that I do it and is fine with it. And it's not like I'm it's not like I'm going now. Look, at look at here now. Now, you all, uh, you know, I'm not doing some racist oh, thing. OK, so they've replaced you because of because of that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that's it's it's getting a little crazy. So not only do you not get credited, you get, no, I'm kidding. But everything yeah, else yeah. is fine. But yeah, so yeah. those are the only those theme park rides. I think those are the only ones, unless you know of any other ones. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I I I recall the the Heimlich thing, and I was so uh, stoked on that because it it uh, I loved Heimlich as a character, and I loved yeah, uh, and I was like, oh wow, so it was very surreal because I that was when I started going a lot with with uh you know a lot of people we knew and some some buddies and girlfriends or whatever and right. so it, it was uh very surreal to be like oh i know someone that's in this uh park you know that's it's weird yeah it's weird because yeah. i don't i never i never go to disneyland like you go all the time i'm on the yeah. other end of the spectrum where i think i've been to disneyland maybe four times in my life maybe what what, what so you probably went did you go prior to that have you been since then uh, I, I have not been, yeah, I haven't been since, I don't think it's been a long time. It's probably been, I think it's probably been like 15 years, 10, 10 maybe 10 years oh, okay. at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 The last I, time, but you, but you got to go with the right person. When you go to a theme park like that, you got to really be mindful of like the company that you're with, because that, that will ruin your time. Like, I don't know how parents go with like 12 kids. I know, you know, <laughs> I've gone with some uh exes in the past uh, i mean that's i mean man oh man what a nightmare world what a nightmare you can't even pull the sword from the stone pussy no it's it's a, it's part of the show no it's they they do it when like a little kid it's not oh my god or like i don't like i don't i don't like the fast I don't like roller coasters, but one girlfriend, the last time I was there, she's like, we got to go on California screaming. And I'm like, look, I, I don't know. She's like, well, I'm going to do it. Don't be a pussy. So she ended up getting on. And then I was, and then I manned up like right as she was getting on. 
So I ended up sitting next to a different person. <laughs> and like, I was like, Ooh. and I didn't know about like the false start. I didn't know about like the three, two, one. Uh-oh. Well, let's try again. And I'm yeah. like, and I was like, is something wrong? Is there something wrong with the ride? And then it just like, and then it just like ejects like a, like a launch pad. Yeah. But, you know, those are my, my fond memories. I have a lot of <laughs> memories of a lot of theme parks. Um, back in Ohio, I grew up in Cleveland. I think we talked about this a while back, but one of the great theme parks of all time was a water park called uh, Dover Lake Park. And I don't know if you've seen this documentary that's on HBO Max right now. But it's about a very famous water park. Um, is it Action Park? It's Action Park. Okay. Yeah, and the yeah, documentary yeah. the documentary is called Class Action Park because <laughs> so many people got fucked up on those rides. But at, at Dover, I think it was Dover Lake Park, there was a river rafting ride, like an inner tube ride that was like so fucking dangerous. The, the inside of it, the entire thing was made of like concrete with sharp little uh, almost spikes it's like they didn't smooth out the concrete properly so it dried with these little tiny spikes on it and you would never get off that ride without your knees or your elbows being scraped to shit and i was very little at the time and you would get stuck in these tunnels and then much bigger kids would come down the slide into the tunnel and you'd end up getting stuck in like a whirlpool and just smashed against the wall every time a new kid would come in. So it'd be like 25 kids just hitting you against the wall. And you'd be like, I got, I'm trying to get out of that thing. <laughs> and so that's one of my favorite memories is Dover Lake Park and Pioneer Water Park as well. These were like the two most, I think they're both gone now. There's nothing. Oh, one, wow. Some person built a mansion and owns the entire property and like lives there. Some, some creepy oh. dude who probably yeah. like you know, used to molest kids at uh, Dover Lake Park. <laughs> now he can live there and visit yeah. all the bodies that he's buried. But, you know, uh, that's where my mind goes. But yeah, man. But as far as theme parks go, it was always going with X's and, and being told uh, that I was weak for not getting on the upside down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, Hey, that we all have our experiences and I've, I, we've all had uh, those, oh. those kind of times. I, you know, uh, so this is now our our Halloween month. Halloween, this is, yeah. This is Rob Robtober. Robtober. Wow. And this is a uh, you know kind of a special time because we're both big fans of of horror films. Oh yeah. Uh, well, you can and, see and, behind me. I got Michael Myers back there. Oh, dude, there he is. There it is. William Shatner, right there. The William Shatner shape mask. Yeah. So. It, uh, you know, theme parks actually have had a, a uh, long history with uh, horror movies. You know, there's, yeah. uh, there's we talked about Fun House a little bit the first time uh, with, you know, the carnival and the inbred, you know, whatever that thing is. Oh, the fun. Yeah. Toby Hooper's Fun House movie. That's yeah. a great movie. That's a yeah. really scary. And and that's the biggest fun house, the longest, biggest fun house I've ever seen in my life, just in terms <laughs> of the scale of it. <laughs> I don't understand it at all, but it's it's okay. Yeah, and so there's been you know there's been Final Destination movies. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, even the Kiss and the Phantom and and the theme park. There's a lot oh of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there's a that. lot of fun kind of Halloween theme park movies. 
But uh, one that kind of gets glossed over, uh, and it's one of the biggest, is, is Jaws 3D. Oh, That's... Jaws 3D, one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, so I, I revisit the Jaws movies, I think, every like five years. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's so funny now to look at it, and it's like, you think about Jaws and how epic Jaws was. That was Great a film. monster movie. Uh, Spielberg is like one of the best horror filmmakers ever, you yeah. know, I think like, and he nails it and he does it with just one shark, but it's so funny because these sequels, they're trying to up the ante and it's like, it's not even, it's just like hilarious. It's kind of feels. Well, yeah, this is, this is Steven Spielberg. And, you know, I really enjoy making jobs. Those are great movies. Peter Benchley wrote a great book. And so, you know, it's really fun. I was watching the making of Jaws and it's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Spielberg was maybe 26 or 27 years old when he made you, this fucking guy yeah. <laughs> was like 20. Like we failed in our lives. It's over. <laughs> no, no, yeah. you still have time. You still have time. But Spielberg <laughs> is like casually eating. I think he's eating like slices of ham and grapes. At least sitting in a boat on Martha's Vineyard and some British guys interviewing him. And he's like, you know, what, what's you, how, so how's the filming been going, making Jaws? He said, oh, it's great, it's wonderful, I'm having a great time, you know, it's, right now we're just waiting for the shark to get working. To, so, but it's such a genius film. I mean, it's so scary, it's still scary. The characters are great. I mean, you know, everything has been said about this movie already. But then Jaws 2, Jaws 2 is not bad. Yeah. But there's a scene in Jaws 2 that is so outrageous and out of control. It's the only good scene in the movie. It is the uh, girl on, she's on skis and you know, the boat's pulling her along she's on water skis. And then you see the fin come up and, and the shark has to be going like a hundred miles. I don't know. It looks like the shark's going like a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> the fin is like 10 times bigger now. And it's like, gonna. so then, the woman driving the boat sees that the girl on the skis is gone. She's been eaten, basically. And then uh, she's, she turns the boat around and then the shark rams the boat. And for some reason, the woman loses her balance. And I don't know why, in a, a moment of hesitation, she grabs a can of gas. I don't know why. She grabs a can of gas and then, and then accidentally spills it all over her. And then the entire ship explodes because she shoots a flare gun. It, this all happens in like two minutes. <laughs> and you just go, well, that's it. They blow their load right away. And, and it's poor Roy Scheider back, at, back again. <laughs> First of all, and I think the original script was Amityville was all boarded up. Or the town of Amity, not Amityville. The town of yeah. Amity. It's Amityville. It's another movie. Yeah. The town of Amity was all boarded up. And I mean, the, the mayor would have been fired, obviously. Yeah. And the sheriff would have quit his job. I mean, there, why is everyone still? And the mayor's like, oh, come on, Martin. It's all bullshit. <laughs> There's no shark. It's the same. But Jaws 3. Here it is. I got it on VHS. Jaws 3. Oh, so rad. That's so cool. So Jaws 3. And you'll notice it's called Jaws 3. Yeah. On the on the VHS. Now I knew as a kid when I would rent this movie and it really pissed me off. I knew that this was 3D. I knew that somewhere there was a 3D version of it. But they just Universal just acted like it never happened. They're like, no, no, this is it. Well, 
this movie looks so shitty because all you're getting is the is the right or left eye. Of oh the, wow! Of the, you're only getting the right side, so it's all grainy Whoa. and shitty. But this is the movie where, speaking of theme parks, this is the one where the shark enters SeaWorld. What a great, actually really good idea for a Jaws mm -hmm. movie. And for some reason, Dennis Quaid uh, is now playing the, I think, Mike Brody. He plays yep. the older brother. <laughs> yeah. And he's married to or he's dating the most annoying uh like oh, dolphin yeah. trainer in the world yeah she, she went on she was the mom on um my so-called life she's actually a great actor uh but best be best armstrong best armstrong right? yeah but yeah. the best part about this movie hands down uh, is uh uh what's his name lou gossett jr who runs the park Did, didn't he win an academy award like right around that time yeah i think he wanted a caviar for like an officer and a gentleman or something <laughs> yeah. and in this movie he's like he's like now let now, now let me tell you something right here now uh this is, a, this is my pride and joy here now we got a theme park here and like so the premise of this film spoiler alert everybody it was made like you know 400 years ago the shark gets into the park and kills some dude who's like, you know, working late at night. And I love like the guy that dies, by the way, is one of the workers. And his <laughs> girlfriend who works like at the restaurant, I think. Yeah. Is like, you tell that he didn't come home last night. You tell that drunk son of a bitch <laughs> that he can go fuck his floozies. And I'm like, God damn, this guy got eaten. <laughs> and even in death, you're giving him a hard time. So, but then the big reveal is that it's actually the baby shark and the, and the mama shark is now also inside the park. So it's two sharks inside the park, but this movie was released in 3d. Also Simon McCorkendale, who, I don't know if you remember the show called Manimal, but this was a show when I was a kid, Manimal was a dude who could change into animals. And like, it was on like CBS, this is the greatest TV in the eighties. And he would like make his hand go like this and start doing that. And then they would cut to an obvious like latex hand where it would bubble. And then they just cut to a panther. And you'd be like, oh shit, he's a panther. Or he would turn into an eagle. It was called Manimal. Yeah. But Simon McCorkendale was this like British actor. And he plays like the big game hunter who just wants, I want to kill the shark for sport. And I'm like, what? Why? You, you could have it at SeaWorld. What a great yeah. thing for people to, anyway. The movie makes no sense, and it reminds me a lot of um, uh, Jurassic World, actually. It yeah. Really does. Yeah. It's because you, you think about uh, Jurassic Park uh, and the idea that, oh, this could be like a theme park, and it doesn't happen. So, Jurassic World, I was like, oh, wow, finally, finally. a functioning theme park with these yeah. dinosaurs. Uh, for only and, and how well long. and how well that went, yeah. And I like, <laughs> yeah. I like Jurassic World again for one scene. Uh, there's like a nanny or an assistant who has like no dialogue. She's just kind of an uptight British woman who's like, "All right, kids, come on, we've got to we've got to get going." And uh, <laughs> she gets like tor tortured to death by these pteranodons <laughs> and the scene goes on for like a minute yeah. and a half it's amazing <laughs> so look so the good news is 
uh, there's Universal. I can't even believe this happened, but Universal on Blu-ray, and I think this was just so just a couple years ago. Um, they finally put, but again, oh, wow. again, they they call it Jaws three. It, it drives me crazy. And the special, you know what the bo the bonus feature on the Jaws three Blu-ray is Jaws three in three D. And I'm like, no, man, that's not a bonus feature. That's the movie. That's the movie. So, <laughs> yeah. so the background out is Joe Al. This guy Joe Alves is the like production designer on the first two Jaws movies, <laughs> yeah. and I think he was the guy behind the you know one of the guys that helped make the Jaws shark. For some reason, the shark in this movie looks so fucking bad. <laughs> like the the miniatures, the green screen where it, it's. So, but here's the thing. I, I'm I'm not. A, I'm like a real big Jaws 3D fan. I have yeah. the soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, that's but, awesome! But look at the cover. Oh, oh, oh! There it is. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Folks. So that's the record. That's the soundtrack. Yeah, and this came out. Wow. This came out when the movie came out. So that's what it was called. Now, do you know the original title of Jaws 3? It was supposed to be a parody. Yeah, this it was a spoof, right? It uh, was going to be called Jaws 3 People Zero. Oh, that's, that's I swear to God. amazing. Because I talked great. to the guy. I, I actually, uh, my friend Mark Thompson. Mark Thompson. Yeah. This is Mark Thompson. No relation to either one of us. Um, <laughs> he has a show called The Edge Show. Mark was like the, the weatherman for many years here in LA. Yeah. Now he's on, uh, um, he's on AM640. But I was on his show and Carl Gottlieb, who was the writer, who, who wrote, like co-wrote both Jaws, Jaws 2 and Jaws 3. Wow. Carl Gottlieb was, we, we talked to him on the phone and he was like, yeah, we were going to call it Jaws 3 People Zero. And I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen that. That's a great title. Yeah, Fucking it, great. I didn't know that, uh, uh, you know, Richard Matheson, the like, uh, you know, famous author of all great sci-fi twilight yeah. episodes you know he's a genius i had no idea that uh he was the original like writer to yeah. jaws 3 like he well, wrote, a, wrote a script wrote a script well carl it. and you can find the interview somewhere on uh edge edge dash edge dash show there's an interview that we you know that uh mark did with carl gottlieb and he said that you know the script was actually pretty good the script was actually quite different uh obviously <laughs> i mean the idea of one of these sharks getting into a theme park like that is awesome and then all of a sudden there's like these two dolphins that are the the heroes of the movie and they like <laughs> save the day and then there's this big there's a shot at the end where they're the dolphins are on either side of the frame and they jump up in the air and it's like a freeze frame but yeah. the dolphin it's clearly the same dolphin just flipped and repeated on both sides with like heavy mat lines around it. So they're not even there in the water. They like green screened them in. It is, it is the, it is the worst, but it's also, I love this movie so much um, that now I've purchased all of the Italian ripoffs of Jaws. Oh, wow. The most infamous one. And it's, I, I ordered it and I think it's from uh, Severin, uh, Severin films puts out the greatest, sleaziest, most wonderful movies and for a limited time only, and I thankfully I got it right away, they had the illegal cover 
which says Jaws 5. They, they actually fucking called it Jaws 5 That's in Italy. Amazing. Wow. Uh, another one was called The Last Shark, uh, which <laughs> you could see. <laughs> fantastic. An yes, enormous and angry 35-foot great white shark takes revenge on humans when they build a beach just for swimmers by a coastal town. The mayor will do nothing to that. It's an absolute complete shot-for-shot ripoff of Jaws. <laughs> and then another really good one in 3D. And this, I got to mention this. Kino is this company here. Kino is putting out uh, with this company, the 3D Film Archive. They're putting out the most beautiful uh, 3D versions of films. And this one's called September Storm. Um, and it's basically about this treasure hunter who convinces this guy to let him use his yacht to go find gold. And there's a shark in it that looks like they took about five minutes and some paper mache to make oh, this thing. Beautiful. That shark great. movies are great, man. I yeah, love there it. was. It's so funny because uh, the Jaws three uh, and all its like flaws or whatever, it has a lot more character than two and four to me. Uh, cause yeah, because it's just silliness and like I mean Dennis Quaid's pit stains alone in that movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Dennis Quaid's pit stains and his shorty shorts. <laughs> um, there is some really dumb subplot with uh, very young Leah Thompson. Yeah. And, right. and the younger brother of Mike Brody, who has had like the worst day because he's a he's definitely afraid of water because, oh, I don't know. He was almost killed by a shark. Yeah. And then she's like, come on. And I'm like, what man will do? He'll do anything to get with Leah Thompson. So and by the way, when they meet each other, they play a game of like they're in a bar and they play a game of like slaps or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's like yeah. you get the drunker you get, you have to try to like maintain your balance. It's that it is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> but she gets them to go in the water and they're basically about to fuck. Like they're going to do yeah. it. They're fully nude almost. And then his older brother and his girlfriend think it'd be fucking hilarious to play a prank and be like, get out of the water. And I'm like, your brother. And then the next day at breakfast, <laughs> his brother's like, Dennis Quaid's like, so uh, I guess uh, you didn't get laid, huh? And he's like, yeah, no big deal. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. I know. <laughs> Leah Thompson, you destroyed my chance of Leah Thompson. Thanks. I'm in the middle of, I, I'm trying to get past the fact that we almost died when we lived in Martha's Vineyard. Remember with our dad, remember? <laughs> And now I got back in the water. I'm gonna get laid, and you just you just fuck it all up. And then the guy goes back in the water again in like bumper boats. This is the young brother of Mike Brody, and he gets attacked by the shark. Yeah, the shark. And this is the thing about this movie: is the shark all of a sudden by the fourth one, uh, the shark was taking revenge. I mean, Jaws the revenge. The yeah. shark now knew that it was going to take out the Brody family. But, I, you know, outside of that, it's really weird watching a SeaWorld movie now with, with, with everything, the Blackfish documentary. I know. <laughs> and just like, there's even a pretty sad scene where they, they try to rehabilitate the baby shark. Yeah. And then Lou Gossett Jr. is like, I don't care what they say. We're going to put that in a pool. And we're going to charge people cash to come see the shark. 
<laughs> so then, like SeaWorld, Sea they put up a makeshift, like, handwritten sign that says, like, you know, I don't know, Baby Shark, $5. Like, it's at a fucking fair. Like, it's a sideshow. <laughs> yeah. And the best part of the movie, really, for me, is when the shark, the baby shark, <laughs> in front of all these kids just fucking dies it just floats <laughs> and then he's like get everyone out of there we got to get everyone out of there right now <laughs> yeah and it's so funny because SeaWorld had their name all over it it's like yeah, they didn't really weird yeah <laughs> what was SeaWorld thinking like yeah you know what this would be a great look for us <laughs> and may, well they probably were like well, as long as the dolphins save the day i think we're in the clear yeah. But I, I, and the other great scene in that I totally forgot about is uh, Simon McCorkendale, the great, the great game hunter. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's really obsessed with killing this shark so much so that he's brought like uh, grenades and shit. He's got like underwater yeah. grenades. He gets <laughs> swallowed by the shark, and I've never seen this in a Jaws movie. They basically put the camera inside the shark's mouth, facing outward. So you get to see the jaws from inside. Yeah. And then the climactic conclusion to the film is Dennis Quaid taking a long pole with the hook on it, reaching into the shark's mouth where Simon is sitting there dead, holding the grenade. And he pulls the pin <laughs> of the grenade in the dead guy's hand. And I mean, that's fucking amazing. I know. <laughs> and in the 3D version, you finally get to see the actual jaws float toward you. There's some great, there's actually some really great 3D moments in here. Not yeah. many, but there's a couple of good ones. Oh man, I don't know. yeah, it's, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's a fun movie and it's definitely like of its time, you know, the 3D gimmick you had, you had jo oh. uh, uh, Friday the 13th, yeah, yeah, which uh, by the way, which is finally, it's another thing I ordered the box set, the Friday the 13th 3D, finally uh, restored in 3D. If you have a 3D TV, you can watch it with the normal glasses, not the uh, red and blue oh. uh, paper glasses. But and that, I'm very excited about that. But yeah, it was Amityville, Amityville 3D is another one that I have. Amityville 3D, I don't, I have it somewhere around here. Uh, Oh man, well, I'll find it. But I got a VHS tape of Amityville 3D. Yet again, uh, Shout Factory, this company puts out great DVDs. They put out the 3D version and it's so fun. It's like just Tony Roberts just being like, what's over there? Oh, I think it's a ghost. It's a lot of this shit, you know? Because when, you know, and when I got the VHS, um, when I got the VHS version of that movie, it says Amityville 3D on the cover, but then in small print, it says not in 3D. I mean, I put it on my Instagram. I was so pissed off as a kid. Yeah. How, how are you going to do that? To, how, why are you going to put 3D? So I understand, no. I understand why Universal did that. At least they didn't try to tickle my balls. But as a kid, I was so sad about it. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's great they, they finally restore it to its uh, you know oh. natural... Uh, the glorious stage. Yeah, and by the way, it doesn't help any of these movies. It's not going to make them better. Yeah, but it makes them. They're more fun. I mean, I think Jaws three is actually it, it. It's got some really bad shit in it. Yeah, but it's <laughs> the the jets again. The the water skiing sequence is awesome. Just just watching all those idiots uh, d 
doing that horrible show. Those are my kids. My pride and joy. That's what Lou Gossett says. He sees all the all the uh, oh, yes. people skiing <laughs> during like the big show. ski show. That's yeah. my pride and joy. <laughs> we didn't even talk about so theme park wise. I mean, I don't know if this is real or not. I, I hope it's not. But they had like designed a futuristic underwater like underwater lagoon where basically if you went to this park you could walk through four different pipes that went down underwater into these like different areas of the park so you could like look at the animals from under the ocean wow and then i don't know i it, i don't think it's real yeah but there's no fucking way you could get me to go in there there's no way because yeah. eventually the water leaks in and the shark tries to like kill all the people it's the best it's yeah it's terrifying uh i think they do have something like that though for real really world yeah without the death i mean well of humans at, but... at that same sea world uh i don't know about that one because that one's in orlando that's, that's orlando, orlando right yeah location but i believe the one here had that but i don't know it's it's that's a crazy movie and just uh i i i love these theme park horror movies but you know it's it's crazy thing about all the horror movies that have uh kind of come out in that genre you have like piranhas and orca and some of the like uh oh yeah it was like a phenomenon these shark horror movies and yeah there's, there's um there's tentacles that's an italian one and they all got big actors like orca has richard harris who yeah most younger people remember him from uh, gladiator but um and then tentacles has like uh it's got like what's his name henry henry fonda henry fonda like one of the great actors <laughs> yeah. and and john houston yes i'm in this movie I'm, and they would just the italians would like pay these actors a shitload of money to just work for like half a day and all their scenes have like nothing to just as long as they've mentioned a like an octopus once in a while it'd be like yeah the murder took place over here well, have you heard any news about that octopus and then they would just kind of cut around it yeah and then they could put him on the poster and go hey dude we got uh john houston in our film oh wow hey we got richard harris going after uh, a, a killer whale orca orca is a really bloody weird movie man yeah, I, I so always revisit that one. Um, but there's so many. We could we could talk uh, eons about oh. those movies. But what I uh, we 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 mentioned a little bit before was Schlock Theater. Your show, yeah. uh, you know, that was the show that I watched you do first because uh, you may have had the JRT show, but Schlock Theater I think was the first that Schlock I was, was I first. Saw. Yeah, Schlock was in. Uh, in fact, I have the. Uh, I got all the tapes are here. Oh wow! I got all the uh, public access tapes here. This is the first first show I did before Schlock Theater, uh, September sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight, and you can see the uh, <laughs> this USA Network. We just recorded over whatever this was. USA Network, Sci Fi Channel, and Home Shopping Network, October ninety eight promo reel. We just erased right over that. <laughs> and it says Community Beat. That was uh, a sketch that we were, did making fun of public access. And it's and it was on Schlock Theater. So wow. that's right around when I did that. 98, man. 
That's crazy. Yeah. The, the, well, I remember what was beautiful is that you actually made your own set. You had your own set. Yeah, the set the, the set was uh, made out of styrofoam blocks. When I worked at Blockbuster Video at the time in, in Brea, which is in Orange County, California. And um, uh, in the VHS tapes, the cover boxes that you would look at on the new release wall, they were all filled with, you know, rectangular shaped styrofoam. And uh, as DVD kind of came along and we started getting rid of more VHS, they'd throw out like bags of those blocks. So I took like five bags of them home and glued them to these big pieces of cardboard and then spray painted them green. And, and it became the dungeon set. And I remember you guys, uh, you and, oh man, Adam and Adam, like, Darren and Darren, yeah, the whole yeah. crew, you guys were on one of the last, probably the last episode I think I did. Yeah. Which was really technically ambitious. And you guys played a group of zombies that I was interviewing. Um, the, the story of Schlock Theater was kind of cool. It was, I played uh, a cable installer named Lou, who with my partner, Jimmy, we were doing a routine cable installation at a castle, of course, you know, we got a phone call from the mysterious castle, which I built out of paper mache. There was like a model castle. And we end up getting trapped in the dungeon. And while we're there, we find a vault filled with horror movies. So just to, and while we're waiting for someone to rescue us, we start watching horror movies. And it was supposed to look like we had tapped into the channel 16 signal. And we were trying to like call for help. Can anybody hear us? We're stuck in the dungeon. And that's pretty much what the show was. Two guys stuck in this dungeon. I guess we never got out. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> but you guys came on, that must have been 2002, I, I want to say, maybe. We were two or three. It, it, yeah. <clears throat> that was right at the end. Yeah. Uh, and we, we did a fun segment for Halloween that I think I played every year, which was called the Pumpkin Patch, where I, I went to the Lions Club Pumpkin Patch and the Kiwanis Club pumpkin patch. <laughs> this is both in, when we lived in Chino, this is again in California for people that don't know, near the men's prison. Chino I think is known for like cows and the men's prison. I don't know if there's anything else. The 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 uh, the Ball Brothers and the Powerball now might eclipse Oh, that. the Powerball, yeah. right. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're yeah, right, you're right. But, but back then it was only known for those yeah. two things. And, uh, you know, they had the Kiwanis Club and the Lions Club pumpkin patch. And so I would go and interview the people that ran them. And I started making up that there was a feud. Like I would say, you know, hey, the guys at the Lions Club were saying some shit about you guys. And then I go to Kiwanis Club, you know, and uh, so so that was a really great segment that um, kind of became a hit. But, you know, we did we never knew who was watching any of that stuff. We never we, I don't we never. I don't think we ever found out a way to know if anybody was watching. I mean, Raymond, again, the late uh, Raymond Chavez uh, and his buddy, Tim Abad, you know, they, they still, their show was happy half hour freak show extravaganza. And I mean, that's still, I saw a clip of it the other day. I mean, that show was way ahead of its time. That oh, show yeah. was like, we all try, I think we were all aspired to try to, get close to that but but we all did our different we did our own things you guys had a totally different show with mindless tv and then i 
did the late night show, the horror show, and then I did a variety show as well. But it was really fun when you guys came on. You guys all, we got you, everyone had makeup, like zombie makeup. And yeah, it was so fun. We were showing, I think it was Night of the Living Dead was the movie I showed. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the first movies I showed was, uh, I don't know if I have it here. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. But by the way, um, here's another great movie you should, this is another great Italian Jaws-like ripoff called Killer Crocodile. Oh, wow. That's this beautiful. is again, and, kill, and it comes with Killer Crocodile 2. <laughs> you you haven't lived until you've seen these epic films but the the philippine in the philippines uh in the 60s they started um really big uh explosion of making films in the, in the philippines and it started with these blood island all the movies took place on blood island so severin has put out this Same gorgeous ever. box set Wow. And the first the first movie I ever played on Schlock Theater was called Blood Creature, which is also originally known as Terror is a Man. And it was basically this Island of Dr. Moreau type movie. Is that a cat head? Yeah, yeah. It's, he's like a Panther oh. man. <laughs> it's actually a really it's actually a really good movie. But I didn't know that there were like three other movies made. Uh there was Beast of Blood. Well, no, there and then there was the Mad Doctor of Blood Island. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Brides of Blood. Wow. Uh, lots of lots of boobies and lots of bad creatures. Um, but yeah, Schlock Theater was, you know, that was a pretty, I, I wish I, I wish I could have made more. I think, I think after we made our episode together, the studio uh, flooded or the, and like the set was damaged or something like, is that what happened? I think. Yeah, it, fl it flooded and then. We'd all kind of, uh, yeah, we flooded, it flooded, and then you and Raymond started doing your show in Eagle Rock. Yeah, because I quit, because I, no, because Raymond quit. That's right. Uh, and then he started working at Eagle Rock Public Access, and he was like, come on, man, I'll just, like, Saturdays, he'd just be like, yeah, I just told all the other producers that, uh, you know, the schedule's all booked, and then we would just do shows all day. That's so awesome. It's actually like a really shitty thing to do to all these. <laughs> but there were it was amazing. There were there were so many great uh producers there. I remember this weird girl, she called herself Zella Debella, and she was like this kind of hippie girl who was really into like talking about her multiple partners. She was like super sexual and weird. And then there was uh was it who was the psychic guy? Um um the big oh, big heavy set dude he was like a psychic yeah i know what you're talking about was it was it psychics myth or fact or was that a I, different show i think that was was that the one in chino or yeah that was the one in yeah, chino okay. and yeah. i also remember in chino there was a rap show yeah that was called crystal city yeah that's they so would play funny. it i don't know where it came out of but it was always like shot on somebody's you know eight millimeter video camera and they'd be like hey what's up man we in pomona it's going by it's about yeah. to get lit and it was just like yeah. the worst music videos you could ever think of <laughs> but and then in eagle rock we also met, met a lot of the guys from uh the ding dong show because they had a public access show there yeah so you know there was a lot going on over at that studio i don't know how we got yeah. away with any of it i don't think we could 
you know, my girlfriend and I were watching, we were watching old Apostle BG from, you know, in 2004 or five, whenever the hell it was we were doing it. I just can't even, I don't even know how we got away with that. I mean, the <laughs> shit that I was saying and every call was like, F this, F you, or some kind of racial thing. Yeah. But, you know, the fun thing about that is years later, a bunch of those kids that used to call in uh, and say these terrible things, they messaged me on Facebook and they were like, hey, man, I just want you, man, we grew up on that, man. That was our favorite, you know, apostle. And <laughs> so, like, you know, there's a bunch of kids out there that grew up watching what you did and and they remember yeah. it. I mean, they're out there. It's crazy because you, you you'll run into people and they'll remember it. There's a guy I uh, worked with that was, uh, you know, a Chino Hills Chino resident for forever, and he used to watch our shows. And he yeah. knew he knew all of uh, you know he knew Tim and Ray's name. He knew, but he was even a little bit older than them, and he like yeah. loved uh, public access and comedy. And it's so crazy because he's. Uh, uh, he's now um, in the sheriff's department in Los Angeles. I thought you were going to say he's now in prison because that no, would no, no. Made... Well, apparently a couple people, uh, you know, we know of uh, like uh, Purse House, the guy who killed his girlfriend on Kill Tony. Uh, that was on Kill Tony, killed Drew Carey's ex. Oh yeah, right. It's like in his jail. Wow. Uh, and and uh, you know the Ron Jeremy is in his jail as well, and. Uh, and I remember it's wow. it's just so crazy. But yeah, this guy, I remember when I started working uh, with him a few years ago, he was talking about public access. And then he brought up the Blair Titchy Project, which was a parody that we did of the Blair Witch Project. Which yeah. Was so nonsensical. It's just a close up of one of our, you know, doing this iconic scene of someone crying in front of the camera. And it's so not, but it's so funny that someone like literally, you know, what 15 years later or whatever <laughs> remembered the Blair Titchy it's amazing it is you know it it's amazing crazy. and I was thinking about how many um like this episode I watched the this birthday episode. so we had another show called Lunchtime Live oh so uh, Raymond and I did a show and I, I, again I've told the story before but um for those that don't know you know Raymond Chavez and I worked together you know we used to do public access and then we eventually started working for the cable company and it was then called the Delphia Cable. And on our lunch breaks, you know, the company issued us these giant cancer-causing brick phones, you know, these massive Nextel phones. You could, like, feel the radiation coming off of them. And we would both walk around with them clipped to our, you know, belts, big bricks. And uh, we would sit in the control room and eat our lunch and Raymond brought in a little video camera and we would just patch it right into channel 16 and go live on the air during our lunch break at work and take phone calls on our Nextel company issued phones. That's how it started. And then it became, when we moved to the Eagle Rock studio, it became like this extravaganza with a studio audience and little people and- It's like a circus. It singing was... cowboy and porn stars. So the one I remember was the birthday episode, and it's right here. It's season two, uh, March eleventh, two thousand six, and it, this is on three quarter tape. For those who don't know, this is this was the format that we recorded on massive tape. 
Um, and I, I kind of got a little sad and I thought, you know, a lot of people in that episode are now no longer with us. Obviously, Raymond is gone, but there was also uh, a guy, Max, the intern, oh. who, passed, who passed away mysteriously. Then there was Mike Devine, this guy that had a show called Hollywood and Divine. And at one time we, 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 we had like a telethon to try to raise money to give him a bunch of prayers. We were trying to raise prayers to save him. But then I just found out that another friend, um, Stella, her name was Stella Barrios. Um, she, she passed away uh, earlier this year. And, wow. and it's weird to see them all uh, in the audience, you know, that's and that, that's yeah. not that long ago. No, first, yeah. So that's why I say, you know, life is really short and you don't know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I wish these people were still with us. I mean, I wish that Raymond was still here uh, because God knows we'd be making some great stuff. Raymond was the guy that, for me anyway, kept me on track. You know, he was a good producer. He was always like, yeah. come on, man. Even like when I was doing my Apostle BG, it'd be like, Holy Ghost, doing some preaching. And he'd be like, come on, man, let's take some calls. And I'm like, okay, man, I'm getting to it, man. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was Bullshit. great at that. He, he, uh, I remember one of the last messages that he had to me was like urging me to move to LA. He's yeah. Like, he, he and I talked about school? that. We talk about you often and be like, what is this? What are we going to do with this fucking kid? No, we didn't say that, but we, uh, <laughs> no, because we knew, you know, it's just, but you know, I told him, I was like, you know, everybody has to come to it in their own time and place. I mean, even for me, like, I enjoy stand up and and I'm very happy to make a living doing voices, but it's just not uh, fulfilling for me anymore. You know, like it's uh, I, I'm doing new stuff, making films and, you know, kind of I again, we always talk about this, but I mean, the, the dream is to have our own public access studio. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was talking to Jeff Baker. Jeff Baker's a guy who hosted another show in Chino called The Man in the Kitchen. Hey, Jeff Baker here. <laughs> yeah. And he had an awesome kitchen set. And actually, his show got picked up on uh, public television for a while. But Jeff and I were talking, and I said, you know, dude, if, if I had the money, I would just buy that space in Chino um, and just turn it into a TV studio again and then invite you guys and also open it up for people to rent. Um, that would be awesome. That was kind of Raymond's dream. I know he lived in a guest house in Silver Lake. And he had taken the whole, I don't think the owner knew this, but he had, he had like spent, I must've been like $10,000. You were that you saw it. You were there. Yeah. He turned it into this amazing, like mini public access slash podcast studio. Yeah. And I, I was blown away by that. We, we were just on the cusp of like starting to do stuff online. All, I think, well, me, I know I was this way and I know Raymond was this way. We were all kind of like, just the whole YouTube thing was very off-putting to me because, you know, we were spoiled. We learned how to do this stuff at a real TV studio. I think there's a lot to be said for that. So, but yeah, life is short, man. That's why I'm glad I have all these tapes. And I don't know, I'll show you back here. Um, I just bought this old tube TV. Oh, wow. But down there on the cart is a three quarter inch deck. That's Tim Abad's deck that he he loaned me. So um, this is finally, I have it all on a cart because those things are really heavy. 
And I've been working on, um, for the last month at least, well, since quarantine, I've been working on the digit digitization project, um, getting all of these tapes. Oh, man, I can't wait to see you know, that. And it's taken, a, it's taken a long time because the other uh, deck that I had was, you know, these things crap out and they cost like $20,000 to fix. Wow. So, yeah, so the, we're moving along on that. So hopefully, uh, these, by the way, these will never be online because... <laughs> Uh, I'm so yeah. glad, honestly, dude, someone years ago was like, you got to put all your stuff online. I am so fucking glad I didn't. <laughs> I would be, I would have been canceled. I would have been gone. You never would have heard from me. Again. You know, it's, it's funny though. You think about like how some stuff gets its start and it's always kind of raw and, uh, yeah. hinged at the beginning. And you, you think about some phenomenons in comedy, you look at, you know, second city, even in the 70s oh, yeah. it was it was like cutting edge, like they didn't give a fuck. Or you look at, uh, you know, even like roast battle most recently is like a phenomenon. And yeah. what they were doing was very similar to like, you know, Mike Devine, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, saying whatever. And, and it kind of, uh, it's always fun to, to look at that sort of uh, beginning of, of uh, there's something just really exciting about that where it's like anything can happen. And that's, that's the beauty of public access. And that's why it was, I think it is and always will be a special thing. You know, oh, it's, it's the like, best. I, I, it's, it's still the best time I've ever had making stuff. I mean, I, you know, and look, I, I went on to do cool stuff, you know, and big at, shows. And I do a lot. I have a lot of fun animated shows I work on, but none of it's, it's just, it's not the same. It's hard to explain it to people. Um, I, I don't think we could get away with, any of the stuff that we did yeah. then, but you know, we didn't care. It wasn't, we know, no one was doing anything to be mean. It was just, uh, you know, we were just kind of doing whatever. I mean, yeah, you guys, you know, I remember you guys had, uh, <laughs> parents, people would call in when I worked at the public access studio and complain to me about your show and some of the offensive things in there. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. sucking, <laughs> sucking an actual rooster, <laughs> that's my favorite one take I think yeah. it was taking a, a vacuum cleaner and sucking a rooster off of a fence yeah wasn't yeah. it sucking a cock <laughs> it was sucking a cock yeah sucking a rooster but it was a there's a a beanie baby not a real cock it was, it was a cock human. yeah it's it's uh it's fun to look back at that and you think about like even some of our our buddies uh, like Kamel, John Shevsky yeah uh, you know they started doing stuff in public access and we did it um uh you know tim abad does all that crazy vj stuff for like kendrick lamar and all these huge and yeah but every, look where everybody access. ended up like you you've had like a lot of success with um you know hinchcliffe and 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 the guys on uh what's that show oh, death kill tony uh, yeah, kill, yeah, yeah i just said his name and I, death of a salesman <laughs> yeah but no kill tony and uh i was thinking of death squad and um oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then and Tim now works for Apple. Like Tim, like works at Apple. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you so work crazy. at the Apple store? He's like, no, nah, I, I work at Apple. And uh, <laughs> uh, Chefsky, you know, yeah. had a, had a wild uh, experience doing stand up, and then has a successful podcast, and is like a real. I mean, and then uh, Kamel has directed. Not just my pilot, but Kamel's directed some really impressive movies. Um, Seahorse was like a really yeah. scary, interesting film that he made. Also, he made obviously the movies we made together. Yeah. But um, so there's a lot of people. 
that were part of it. Even um, uh, John Kilduff, who was a guy that uh, let's paint TV. Yeah. You know, John Kilduff's probably the, the best example of he's still he's still doing the let's same paint. thing, and like he's never stopped. That's the <laughs> yeah. one thing I wish that I admire that because at some point I know we all kind of took a break or stopped or for whatever reason, there was a lot of different reasons for that. But um, I'm getting back into it. My girlfriend and I are starting to make really wild, short little episodes of my character, Gary, the ogre, who's like this European ogre, but she built like a miniature cave and she's building stop motion creatures. And it's really going to be a special show. They're they're like three minutes in length, but we're going to start cranking them out um, pretty soon. That, that one I really love. Um, so I just think it's about not caring at all what the audience thinks. It's like, it's not F you to the audience, but we didn't care when we did public access. We just, we didn't know who was watching. We didn't know if anybody saw it at all. We did we had no idea. Yeah. It was just cool to see our shit on channel 16. It would yes. be like, my show's about to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty I, great, man. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been great having you on the pod again. And I, I, you know, right now it's Halloween time and this is obviously a very peculiar year, but I, yeah. I was wondering what your thoughts are on, cause you do a lot for Halloween. You're a big Halloween guy. You, you have your houses decked out and awesome. Uh, it's like a, it's like a haunted house, a classic, uh, you yeah. know, a spook show, you know, but what do you think the, f- the future of that is, right now with uh with all this shit going on well i think there's i just think there's a lot of ways to celebrate halloween i mean for me halloween it's like the song goes every day is halloween um yeah we started early this year just honestly i i you know i've been fortunate enough that it's actually been a pretty good year for me i mean i know nobody wants to hear that but no i i mean i've been lucky yeah. i've been fortunate enough to keep working because i do voiceover work you know so i can work from home yeah. Um, and I've been purchasing a lot of movies from the companies I mentioned earlier, because I think it's um, I think it's really important to support physical media still. I know that a lot of people subscribe to streaming platforms, but there's a lot of movies you can't find. And there are a lot of companies, you know, like Severin that are just putting out these gorgeous box sets. There's even really crappy, weird movies like this one called Tanya's Island. <laughs> starring starring vanity the wow late, great, the late great vanity who's fully yeah. nude fully nude throughout this entire film and the movie is about a love triangle between her crazy artist boyfriend and this ape man oh my god and the that ape man suit amazing. is made by rick baker and uh wow. rob botine it's a, it it's a horrible movie but my god uh, does she look great with no clothes on? And that ape thing looks amazing. So I would say, you know, it, it is what you make it. We're going to do the full display in front of the house still, even if it's just for like five kids to enjoy. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not going to pass out candy. Maybe, maybe I'll put a bowl out with some sanitizer next to it. I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. But I, I, think, I think it's fine. I mean, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of drive-through yeah uh things i know that the haunted hayride is doing this weird like virtual tour i think yes uh, the 17th floor i think is the company that does the haunted hayride but they took over queen mary because for a long time 
Queen Mary, I heard, was pretty weak for an actual terrible. Con- yeah, terrible. Yeah, but I heard that since they've taken over, it's gotten a lot better. Uh, but I think they're moving the Haunted Hayride out of Los Angeles. I think it's going to be in Costa May. It's going to be in Orange County. It's not far. Uh. But it's going to be in Orange County, I think. This is the first year that they're going to be doing that. And I think I heard it's going to be the the drive-through thing. And I had heard that uh, Not Scary Farm through the grapevine was going to do virtual mazes for this yeah. year. Um, but I don't know what happened with that. I think I'm the drive-through sure. thing is great. I think a yeah. couple of things you can do also right now, uh, drive-in movie theaters are mm-hmm. are booming right now. Yeah, And you guys have to get out, if you live in California, um, Southern California, get out to the Mission Tiki drive-in because they've been doing some amazing double features every Thursday. Um, really good stuff. Ted. Bill and yeah, Ted Bill and Ted, but they like they did Jaws for Fourth of July and Tremors. They did Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw. I mean, they're just they did they did uh, the the remake of The Blob and The Fly. Oh yes, oh yes, I was in that movie. Oh, don't forget, don't forget. Yes, yes. Um, I think I think those are the ways you can celebrate Halloween. I mean, for me, Halloween is always the best part of Halloween is right around midnight on Halloween when all the trick-or-treaters have gone home and the lights are out and the uh, fog machines are running out of fog juice and I have like an old universal monster movie playing, it's perfect. We're just sitting there enjoying some candy or pizza or whatever. That's the best part. I love it. In fact, I bought this tube TV and we've been watching old VHS tapes and movies at night in the bedroom and it feels like you've gone back in time. Just the hum, the hum of the cathode ray tube uh, is so uh, nostalgic. It, 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 for some reason, and I have a, you know, I like watching movies on a big widescreen TV. I love all that. But there's something about the low tech, full screen, crappy looking VHS that makes it better. I mean, the, the, that Jaws 3D looks great, but we watched it on VHS and somehow it was even more fun. It was just wow. Lou Gossage. Now look here. Now this part right here. <laughs> so yeah, I would say just do those things. I mean, uh, you know, I'm kind of happy that annoying parties have been canceled because I think the adults took over Halloween and made it really fucking annoying. I'll tell you, last year we went to the Magic Castle. Yeah. Which was awesome. Uh, a friend of ours invited us. She, she works at the Magic Castle. And she invited us to go. So we got dressed up and I wore my Tom Cruise eyes wide shut outfit. And, uh, and she was dressed up as a character from um, uh, Santa Sangre, which is uh, Yodorowsky, Yodorowsky film. So mm-hmm. we went there and, you know, we're like, this is going to be elegant and classy. People are going to be in tuxedos. They're going to be dressed in high class. We go in, there's like a couple dressed up as fucking M&Ms. And I'm like, what are, what are, what are we doing here? It's the Magic Castle. What are we doing? Hey, look, I'm a paradise. Get out of here. Stop it. I'm a dirty nurse. Okay. No. So the one thing I'm happy about is that all your your Halloween parties are canceled because they're annoying anyway. I will say there's one event that uh, I don't know if they're going to do it, but it's called the Rated R Speakeasy. Oh. I kept trying to convince them they should call it the the rated R bar, but they're like, no. And I'm like, but it should be called rated R bar. Um, it's a cool event. It happens in like this, this costume shop in Glendale. 
It's amazing, man. They have all these cool props and artists and vendors, and they they screen a lot of movies. Joe Bob, they'll play Joe Bob Briggs episodes. Yeah. And uh, if they're still doing it, I can't recommend it enough. But yeah, man, just you know, just play movies, get a bowl of popcorn, and shit. I wish we were doing schlock theater. Watch that in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I well, think what I'm gonna do is post some clips from that. Um, yeah, that'd be great. I'll put some stuff up there, stuff that we can legally put up there. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that that sounds perfect, man. This has been this has been great going through memory lane and talking yeah. about Jaws 3D. And uh, it's exciting, man. Halloween still exists, and it does. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'd, I'd love to to have you back on, and uh, you know, just stay, uh, stay safe, and uh, yeah, don't get polio, and uh, yeah, I'll try not to get polio or AIDS, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but you, you guys out there, don't forget, you can get Tanya's Island. Oh, it's, eight, it's eight bucks now on Amazon. Don't don't deprive yourself <laughs> of the greatest film ever made. Oh, heck yeah. Well, thank you, Josh. All uh, right. Guys, this has been a fun Robert Land. Stay safe and uh, happy Halloween. <laughs> Boy, I hope you guys enjoyed the kickoff of Rob Tober, my birthday special with Josh Robert Thompson. It was sure a blast in my fucking pants. Uh, but now I'm going to Angie with a song, Technicolor Blood, by our friends in the Sheiks of Neptune. Enjoy. <laughs> 